0: Welcome into another podcast episode. It is Wednesday. Can you believe it? It's August or it's September. Oh my gosh. It's September. Alrighty. I can't, I'm not used to it yet. It's September 1st, the first day. <laughs> of the new month and we have a big podcast uh scheduled for today it's all about hurricane ida just a powerful storm that slammed into louisiana this past weekend did so much damage we're going to talk about that plus uh, some other storms out in the tropics that have actually developed since then and a few more that we're keeping a close eye on I am meteorologist daniel johnson and today i'm alongside
1: meteorologist sloan haynes daniel you forgot something important
0: what did i forget
1: september 1st is the first day of meteorological fall
0: oh my gosh something of for
1: all of us to look forward to in <laughs> my head it's pumpkin spice latte season and everything <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a mess i'm a mess today it's september 1st yes the new month meteorological fall because we follow you know meteorology and september october november those are our fall months. That's when we statistically start to see the seasons really change and mm-hmm. we can start to get some fall previews, which we have, Yeah. you know, in our seven day forecast, we're really going to start feeling it uh, starting tomorrow with much cooler air.
1: But we're also only nine days away now from the peak of hurricane season and the tropics, yeah. they've been hot over the past week. They've been very active and yeah especially with a major hurricane forming and impacting the United States.
0: Yeah, so let's talk about Ida first, and Mm -hmm. then we'll get into some of the other storms out there. Just an incredible storm, a powerful Mm -hmm. storm. I think I read somewhere that it was the the fifth strongest hurricane to ever hit the U.S., and I Mm -hmm. believe it was the strongest one to hit Louisiana, Uh, or tied with the Tied
1: with with Laura from 2020.
0: Yeah. Again, and this was the first time they've had two category Mm fours hit back-to-back seasons. Mm -hmm. So Laura last season and then Ida this season, two category fours. I mean, wow, I mean,
1: Yeah. And something else to think about too is that when it made landfall on um, Sunday, that was the 16th anniversary of Katrina impacting the state of Louisiana. Now, a lot of people have been comparing Katrina to Ida I've seen it online all over social media but although Katrina was also a major hurricane it was a category 3 hurricane so not as strong as what Ida was but it was larger so it's rain bands reached further and something else that we saw with Katrina was the levees failing in New Orleans and that led to unfortunately loss of life and property then and for now I think there's only a few confirmed deaths still for Ida but we are we could see that number rise the governor of Louisiana has already stated that he is expecting that number to rise with the system but let's talk about when we started monitoring Ida mm-hmm. it was Last week, we started keeping our eyes on it. the National Hurricane Center did, and it was moving into the Caribbean Sea. So I don't know if anybody remembers. There were a few areas to watch around last Thursday and Friday, and everybody was keeping their eyes on them. And we were kept looking at all these systems forming last week. And then eventually on August 26, Tropical Depression 9, did form, and as it passed west of Jamaica later that day, it became Ida, and it just continued to strengthen from there.
0: Right, it kept strengthening, and we were getting concerned because the Gulf waters, you know, are so warm, and some of those water temperatures were near 90 degrees, and when water temperatures are that warm, I mean, that's just going to fuel the storm and really have it uh, strengthen. Eventually, it hit western Cuba. And then Mm -hmm. went into the gulf of mexico and that's when it rapidly intensified and that's what we were concerned about the rapid intensification in such a short time Mm -hmm. i mean it went from a tropical storm to a major hurricane in a very short amount of time but the great thing is that the national hurricane center did such an amazing job Mm -hmm. at forecasting they nailed the path They nailed the strength. They knew this was going to rapidly intensify. Hurricane warnings, I believe, went out two days ahead of time. They did. Hurricane watches were posted before that. Uh, So they were prepared. A lot of people still wrote it out, unfortunately. And I'm really hoping that death toll doesn't go up, but it probably will. They're still searching for Mm -hmm. people that they haven't heard from because cell phones aren't working. The power's out. Mm -hmm in a lot of locations. And I'm so thankful the New Orleans levees did not fail yes. because that was the major problem with Katrina, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. But they've mm-hmm. learned some lessons over the years. They've strengthened them. And uh, this one didn't make exact, um, the same exact spot landfall mm-hmm. that Katrina did, but it still had New Orleans. Yes.
1: It impacted similar areas that Katrina did impact. Oh, for sure. And especially what we see along the Gulf States is that, you know, they know they are prone to, um, tropical systems impacting them, but it's the magnitude to which this storm was that when, um, I think it was Saturday night, I was reading the, uh, national weather service chat for new Orleans and in the, words they used to describe what they were expecting for the next day was that it was going to be unlivable along the southern coastline of louisiana and when they use words like that and people know that there are mandatory evacuations underway not voluntary mandatory i think that shows you the magnitude to which this was going to impact the state of louisiana and That's what we saw starting Sunday morning. We started seeing, you know, the rain bands making their way onto Delmarva, but also damaging winds. I believe when it made landfall Sunday morning, um, wind of 150 miles per hour was recorded. And we saw roofs being blown off of hospitals, sturdy structures. And as Daniel mentioned, even though New Orleans wasn't in the direct center of the storm, We still saw damage on Bourbon Street. There was still flooding in New Orleans. There were still other concerns with this system. And then, of course, the severe weather threat. I remember seeing multiple tornado warnings in effect for parts of Mississippi. Mississippi even had the storm surge warning in effect through um, I think late Sunday night. So it wasn't just Louisiana that was impacted. Um, There was flooding in Mississippi and other parts of the Gulf states. And flooding is a concern even as Ida continue to move north as it continues to eventually impact us later tonight.
0: Exactly. We're expecting some severe thunderstorms in this area. And then flash flooding, especially in the D.C., Baltimore mm-hmm. area into Pennsylvania, they're going to see crazy flooding uh, and heavy rain, probably mm-hmm. over six inches of rain in such a short period of time. And here on Delmarva, we're more concerned with severe weather, mm-hmm. uh, severe thunderstorms. Um, but the thing with Ida is its pressure got down to 929 millibars, like a normal sunny day. Typical pressure is like 1,010 Mm -hmm. or 1,020. And this was down to 920 almost. So uh, that's a big drop. And when pressure is that low, you know a storm is going Mm -hmm. to be impressive. And this is the other thing, you know, we haven't talked about this much. We've had a lot of tropical um, podcasts, but we haven't mentioned kind of the details of storms and the process they Mm -hmm. go through sometimes. The problem with Ida and the amazing thing is it maintained its category four strength several miles inland Uh and it didn't weaken why well people were looking at what was happening right before it made landfall and what they noticed is that ida was going through an eyewall replacement cycle and people might be asking you know what is that so hurricanes they go through eyewall replacement cycles um occasionally as they continue to spin and what happens during an eyewall replacement is the winds the strongest winds uh, typically expand over a larger area as that eye is trying to wrap around itself and get better, better organized. And typically with an eyewall replacement, those winds expand and then the storm strengthens right after. And unfortunately, it went through that literally right minutes, before. an hour right before mm-hmm. it made landfall. So we're thinking that's why it was able to maintain its strength mm-hmm. and why there was so much damage in such a large area because the winds expanded outward. So that was pretty incredible to watch in real time on Mm -hmm. Sunday. I remember that.
1: Yep, I remember sitting there watching that over the weekend because, you know, you read about it when you're a meteorology student. Your professors are showing you (laughs) systems like this um, from years ago, replacing their eyewall, or you're even coding eyewall replacement models. But to actually see it before Mm -hmm. it makes landfall... Um, I like to describe to it to how I described it to my family over the weekend. It's like, think of like it's trying to like completely charge itself up. Like yes. it's trying to, you know, increase its strength. It's trying to become stronger. And this is the way that these systems do it is by this eyewall replacement. And I mean, we saw, you know, maintain that category four strength for, you know, a few hours after landfall. But it stayed a major hurricane yeah. until I believe after the um, six o'clock show Sunday night here, I believe, when I was still on air. I would say it's still a Category 3 hurricane, and Mm -hmm. when you get to a major hurricane, Category 3 or above, the way the damage is described is that it's catastrophic. The damage is going to be devastating, and that is what we're seeing, you know, this week as we head throughout the week watching the recovery process, search and rescue. And um, something else is that it's early September in Louisiana, Louisiana doesn't cool down as easily as we do. Their temperatures are still hot. So you have all these people now without power. Um, It's hot, it's humid, and those are the concerns that we're dealing with after the storm as they do Mm -hmm. their um, search and recovery.
0: Yeah, and yesterday I saw that the National Weather Service, so New Orleans, they had to uh, leave their Mm -hmm. uh, weather. The National Weather Service in New Orleans had to evacuate. So I believe Jackson, Mississippi took over for their Mm -hmm. office to forecast and they had to reduce the heat advisory threshold. So for Del Marvo when heat index gets to 105 or higher, we have a heat advisory. Down in Louisiana though, they're used to that heat. So I think their threshold I don't even know, 110 or 115. They don't get a heat advisory until that happens. But they had to reduce that because everyone is out of AC, like the mm-hmm. power's out. So you're not going to be able to handle the heat as easily. So they reduced that threshold down to 105. So there's heat advisories all across, you know, Louisiana for people mm-hmm. that need to be safe because they don't have power they need to stay cool that's unfortunately the secondary problems from storms loss of life from heat heat exhaustion because you don't have air conditioning anymore fires fires form after these storms pass so there's a lot of ongoing problems Mm. and And the sad thing is they're still searching for people out there
1: and now to something that we were talking about a lot last hurricane season and this one is that now we're going to have um help clinics up for people to try to get them aid, to try to give people roofs over their head. But we're still dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic. So that's something else that, you know, first responders are being overly cautious about, too, because they want to keep everybody safe and they want to keep those who they're helping safe and give them proper care while, you know, still sticking with CDC guidelines is what we're seeing with FEMA still.
0: Right. So people that were going to shelters are asked to, you know, put their Mm. masks and bring them with them. And, um, you know, the whole thing is just it's not happening at a good time at all. Uh, and it's, it's scary to watch. And unfortunately, we were expecting the season to be like this, uh, okay. to be very active. Um, but when we forecast an active season, we don't necessarily know if it's going to be landfalls. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're, what they forecast is, you know, how many name storms they were, there will be. We don't know how many will make landfall, yeah. but we've had several already make landfall in the U.S. And we're not mm-hmm. even at the peak of the season yet,
1: Mm-mm.
0: so I would say yeah. if I was a betting man, more landfalls to come mm-hmm. in the future. But okay. yeah, it made landfall uh, around uh, Port Fushan at 12:55 Eastern time on Sunday, the 29th, uh, which was 11:55 uh, New Orleans time, uh, Louisiana time. So it moved inland, weakened to a tropical storm in Mississippi. It did a lot of damage in portions of Mississippi, mm-hmm. a lot of flooding. Uh, there were tornadoes uh, that broke out uh, because of the system as well. And um, unfortunately, we had some deaths in Mississippi. We had some deaths in Louisiana. And the storm's heading our direction. But luckily, it's not a hurricane anymore. Mm-hmm. It's not a tropical storm. Um, or even, it's, it's not even going to be tropical. Uh, so we're watching it closely here, for sure.
1: Yep. And then in addition to having... moving through the Gulf the past couple of days. We've also had Julian, which was very quick, very short-lived system. And then we have Kate. Luckily though, both of those systems out at sea. They're Kate forecasted to stay out at sea, forecasted now to stay weaker than the, we were originally forecasting on Monday. They were saying that was going to say a storm. We saw it weaken to a depression on Tuesday. So expect it to continue to weaken as it moves north.
0: And those will stay fish storms, as we mm-hmm. like to call them. Mm-hmm. They just bother the fish. They stay out to sea, which is good news. Um, so we're not even halfway done with the season, but we're already halfway through the names. <laughs> so, uh, man, the next name is going to be Larry and then Mindy. And we see potential Larry and Mindy out there right now. There's a tropical wave coming off of Africa right now that looks like it will get a name. That looks to be a strong one. We're hoping that stays a fish storm as well. Most forecast models do keep it out to sea, but you never know. I mean, things can always change. And then some models are hinting at another system, maybe in the Gulf of Mexico in the near future, which could be Larry or Mindy, Mm -hmm. depending on which one gets the name first. So we're still watching out there. There's areas of concern. Um, But, yeah, those are the next two names that we're watching.
1: Watching out for those and also, you know, climatologically speaking, the Gulf in the Atlantic, September is when they're at their warmest. And we talked about it earlier with Ida uh, entering the Gulf, is that those temperatures are hotter than bathwater. It's Mm -hmm. very warm, so it's only more fuel to the fire there. So remember that uh, researchers for... NOAA and Colorado State, both forecasting still and above active season for this year. So we could cross a few more names off of this list as we head yeah. throughout the rest of the season.
0: And speaking of crossing names off of lists, they will never use Ida again. Mm-hmm. This name will likely retire. Um, it's killed several people and so far $15 billion in damage. And that's just going to go up. Yeah. Um, did I mean, you they, hear
1: Immediately declared or asked the president for an emergency declaration right after. And the moment it was asked for, it was granted. So Mm -hmm. that just shows the magnitude at which this impacted the state of Louisiana. Because, again, even though it made landfall along the coast, we saw impacts throughout the state. I mean, New Orleans, one of the people who unfortunately passed away was driving through floodwaters in their car. So it wasn't at the direct point of landfall. We still saw these impacts throughout much of the southeast
0: yeah and a lot of people and i don't want to concentrate Mm -hmm. on the deaths too much but people die from these tropical systems from indirect reasons Mm -hmm. like you said driving through flooded waters something that could have been avoidable and did you hear about the other death from an alligator
1: Mm -mm.
0: i mean this is again i don't want to concentrate on the deaths Mm -hmm. but a man was walking through the flooded waters in louisiana and an alligator attacked him and his wife ran inside to try to get a weapon or something to help came, came back out and he was gone and they haven't found him yet. So presumably dead from an alligator attack. I mean, this is gator country down yeah. there, um, a lot of swampland mm-hmm. and you never know what's in those
1: flooded, flooded waters, roads.
0: flooded waters. I mean,
1: not just wildlife, but yeah. power lines, Sharp objects. sharp objects. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's down there and everything. That's why we tell people to avoid floodwaters, even if you're in your car, because it only takes, I believe, about six inches of water to cause a uh, normal sized car to float. So that's something to remember as we head into tonight with that flash flood watch in effect for parts of the area.
0: Yeah. So that's it for wrapping up Hurricane Ida and the tropics so far this season. We're still several days away, nine days from the Mm. peak of the season, September 10th. We'll be back, of course, next Wednesday for another podcast. Um, but the big story right now for Del Marva is tonight we're tracking severe weather. So uh, just stay weather aware. Keep it tuned to 47 ABC if you're listening to us right now. And, uh, yeah, just stay safe. And we'll be back next Wednesday. Right, Sloan?
1: Yep, next Wednesday.
0: Take care.